Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hey, podcast. How are you today? Welcome to episode 64 here on the Yours Julie podcast. I'm so happy to be speaking with you. Can I really call this speaking with you? It's more speaking at you and hoping that someone will listen. But whether you're here for the first time or the 64th and counting time, I'm super happy that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of time with you today. So here on episode 64, we're going to tackle a question that I get get a lot when it comes to intuitive eating, and that's the question of, is it okay for me to eat outside of my hunger cues? Is it okay to eat when I'm not hungry? Is it okay to eat something when I feel pretty full and satisfied already? And is that not eating intuitively if I choose to go air quote against those cues? So if you have ever wondered this question, if you are maybe currently wondering this question, super happy you're here because we are going to dive right into that. And I'm going to give you hopefully some helpful tips to help you navigate navigate those situations without digging yourself into a pit of guilt that sometimes we may feel in those moments. However, before we get there, you know what we got to do here on the Yours Truly podcast. First of all, I have to get off topic just for a moment because there's been something on my mind that I want to share, and then we have to loop around to the Yours Truly Goal Slaying featured posts, plural this week, um, featured posts of the week. So before we hop into that, I have to say, this is like the first day for me. I'm recording this. Let's see. What is today's date? On October 17th, it is a Thursday, which is so crazy to me that it's like nearing-ish the end of October. But today is the first day where it has actually felt like the season is really changing. Full transparency. I work from home. I realized this morning, like, Claire, you haven't left your house in 48 hours, you need to just like leave for a little bit to refresh your brain. So I walked outside and a huge gust of wind almost knocked me on my tushy. Like it was so cold and so windy and I was so unprepared. And I think it's kind of funny. Maybe you can like nod your head or like say preach or something like that if, if you agree or if you've recognized this. But this is the funny time of year where you can walk out and you can see one person bundled up like they're walking into the Arctic tundra. And then you see the next person walking down the street wearing shorts and a tank top and flip-flops. Like no one really knows how to dress for this season because it's like cold and then it's warm again and then it's freezing. So I just find it so comical to observe how everybody likes to anticipate what the weather's going to be and how to prepare. But anyways... That was just something I was thinking about today as I was navigating out of my home 
for the first time in a handful of hours and feeling what the weather actually felt like outside. But on a topic that actually pertains to our podcast here, if you tuned into our episode last week, I mentioned that in my free private Facebook community, we were hopping into our second ever Down with Diet Culture Challenge. So if you have never been here on the pod before, if you don't know what this challenge is, in a nutshell... Down with Diet Culture is a week-long challenge that we host quarterly in my free private Facebook community, and it really is a place of encouragement and support for anyone who is looking to bust down diet culture, however that might surface for them in their life, whether that surfaces as restriction or denying food that they actually enjoy, or maybe it surfaces in moving their body in a way that they don't like or not giving their body rest. So this community has rocked the socks off of this challenge. We have been, we're about like halfway through at this point. So by the time this episode airs, the challenge will be closed. Although I tell all of my awesome community members to keep posting if they want to, even when the challenge isn't Uh, technically on air, but I wanted to share today a couple of posts here from our challenge that have really stuck out to me so far that I'm hoping, whether you're in the community, uh, maybe that will benefit you to hear them again, or if you're not in the community, if you are not on Facebook, you will still be able to get a little bit of advice and support and hear some really helpful stories from people who might have some similar experiences to that of your own. So here, I know I usually feature one post here on our podcast, but there are approximately 94 posts already in our Down With Diet Culture Challenge. Like I said, we're about halfway through, so I'm not going to sit here and read all 94 because A... Ain't nobody got the time to listen to me reading 94 posts, and B, I feel like my voice would give out. So I've just kind of scrolled through here, and I've picked out three of the most recent ones that I've really enjoyed reading. So the first one comes from one of my current clients, and she starts hashtag down with diet culture. I was posting some pictures from last weekend, and it is so painful to look at myself. I realize this is diet culture at its finest. It teaches me to pick myself apart. I hate my round face and how big it looks next to my husband. I squirm looking at them and want to crawl under a rock. My husband, who has never been into fashion or diet culture, looked at these photos and I asked him what he sees. He responded, I see a fun, spontaneous day with my beautiful wife and I see a road trip with my sister-in-law. I asked about the way I look and he responded with, you look happy and I love that smile. This is so pure. To realize that not everyone is nitpicking me. Not everyone looks at me and sees my weight. I hope I can get to a place where I can see a picture and, and I see a memory and not my imperfections. So these got posted and I will not hide in shame. Diet culture will not win. And with her amazing reflection here that really gives me the warm fuzzies that she has the support and those awesome words of encouragement and validation from 
family members who are so close to her. She actually included here in her post a couple of wonderful photos where I can affirm. I know you can't see them here on the podcast, but they look so happy and so fall, and their spontaneous road trip really looked like a blast. So that is the first post that I wanted to share with, of course, a big thank you to this goal slayer and current client of mine for being open and vulnerable and sharing a little bit of her lived experience. The second post that I want to read, I gotta find it here, scroll, scroll, scroll. Here we go. This is from a newer member of our community, and I really like what she has to say. So she writes, this yogurt was with my breakfast. I always preferred Yoplait, but I haven't eaten it in years. I have a big container of non-fat plain Greek yogurt in my fridge, and it may end up going bad like so many before it. Many times I've choked down the plain yogurt, but you know what? I don't really like it. I'm still really struggling in my body. I don't get on the scale because I just don't want to know the number. But my body has changed since the summer when I had pneumonia and it's been a fight ever since. I was in this group a few months ago, left, and came back. I want to create a better relationship with food and really just stop thinking about food and my body all the time. And today, it started with having a yogurt that I actually liked. Hashtag down with diet culture. And the photo that she includes here is a Yoplait original that's a flavor inspired by Dunkin' Donuts, and it's an apple fritter. So again, super big shout out to this goal slayer for doing something that was really challenging for her, but getting a little bit more satisfaction and enjoyment out of this food choice and knowing that this process really is a one foot in front of the other type of thing. So again, thank you to this goal slayer. And the last one that I want to feature here on the podcast so that we get a little bit of variety, we have a food post, we had a body image one, and now I want to share one about movement. So this Goal Slayer writes, hashtag down with diet culture. Diet culture defines your fitness level by your weight or your appearance. I just loaded two tons of hay into a cube truck on my own. Each bale of hay weighs approximately 110 pounds. So today I celebrate what my body can do. And she includes an awesome photo here, which again, I apologize you can't see, but an awesome photo of her in what she's calling her cube truck that is literally, she just filled with bales of hay and she looks very strong and very accomplished. So I hope that by me sharing these posts and reading them to you, you get a little bit of an idea of what challenging diet rules or what challenging diet culture may look like. Again, it's going to look different for everybody because we all have our own lived experiences and we are all affected a little bit differently by diet culture and the society that we live in. But when we come together in a community like this and we show each other support and encouragement and there's a just this crazy deluge of posts of many people working to live their happier and healthier life, it really shows you that you can take step-by-step, day-by-day little actions to mend that relationship with food and body and movement. So here is the point in the podcast where I welcome anyone who maybe is not in our community to come and join us. 
We would love to have you. Like I said, this challenge runs quarterly, but lucky for you, if you would like to join even after this challenge ends, we have all of them archived in um, a topic tag here in our community. So if you want to read more than just these three, you're more than welcome to browse and do what I call lurk in our community to learn as much as you can from others and also from myself. We do videos and daily posts and trainings and all of that fun stuff. So if you'd like to join us, please do. You can access the application to join this free community either on Instagram, go to my bio, click uh, join the Facebook community. There's a link there. It will take you to the application. Or you can also access that application by finding the group on Facebook. So just type in the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. The group will come up, and once you request to join, I will be messaging you privately with the link to that application. So maybe send me a friend request so the message doesn't go to your unread inbox. Sometimes Facebook has a creepy way of not showing you a lot of messages that might be important. So keep an eye out, and I would love to see you there. But Without further ado, da, 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 we have our fancy transition music, of course, and I wanted to, like I mentioned earlier, really dig our heels into a couple of answers around that question that I get a ton of, is it okay to eat when I'm not hungry or is it okay to eat against my hunger and fullness cues in an intuitive eating journey. So if you're limited on time and you want the short and very brief answer to this question, the answer is yes, of course you can. Intuitive eating is not a hunger and a fullness diet, although if you are coming from a diety background where you've been on and off diets for a long time, of course you might take that black and white approach to intuitive eating because that's what you have been trained to do. So if you have ever thought that intuitive eating was just about hunger and fullness, or if you are currently maybe beating yourself up because you are eating outside of your hunger and fullness cues, create a little bit more space for yourself, offer yourself some compassion because intuitive eating is so much bigger than that. Hunger and satiety or hunger and fullness are only two of the 10 principles outlined by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch in their book, Intuitive Eating, which is the framework and the foundation for which we go throughout this intuitive eating journey. So they are pieces of it, but they are by no means the only thing that we have to think about when it comes to eating intuitively. So my short answer to that question is, of course, it is okay to eat outside of those cues. And I'd also argue it is very normal to eat outside of your hunger and fullness cues because food is so much more than fuel. It's celebration, it's connection, it's memory, it's culture, it's so many other things that I am probably missing here off the top of my head. So again, if you're short on time and you want my brief and to the point answer, you can end the podcast now and go about living the rest of your life knowing that no, you're not a bad intuitive eater if you eat outside of hunger or if you eat past fullness, it's okay. The end. <laughs> However, 
If you're saying, Claire, that's well and good, but A, I have more time and I want to keep listening, and B, that answer didn't satisfy me, then I'm going to go into a little bit more depth here and talking about some different types of air quote hunger. I'm I'm using hunger in air quotes here because I'm not talking about physiological hunger, but I want to dig into some different ways in which thoughts of food or wanting to eat food may surface in your life and how we can validate those experiences, how we can enjoy those experiences, and again, how we do not need to take those experiences and use them against ourselves to make us feel bad about our intuitive eating journey. Because that's when it becomes really diety, and that's when we go down that slippery slope where we don't really want to be, right? So the first thing that I want to dive into here on different types of hunger, um, and the reason I want to dive into this is when you notice or when you start to gather some awareness that you maybe are inclined to eat outside of your hunger cues, it can be really helpful to identify why that may be happening. And identifying the type of air quote hunger you may be experiencing can be a really important part of this process because it shows that you're getting curious about about this behavior and you're trying to learn more about yourself and more about your relationship to food rather than going down that pit of self-shaming and that pit of negativity. So the first type of air quote hunger that you may be experiencing is something that is called taste hunger. So maybe you are going throughout your daily life, you know, whatever that is that you do, and you see food, and maybe you're not physiologically hungry. Maybe you just had a meal that, you know, maybe you enjoyed, maybe you found it satisfying, maybe you didn't, but you're kind of full, but you see a food and you think, wow, that would be really awesome right now. Or, oh my goodness, I love the taste of that so much, I want to enjoy some of it. Or I want to eat it. A big part of intuitive eating, again, not the only part of it, but one of the pieces of the puzzle is finding ways to add back enjoyment and pleasure and satisfaction into our food choices. And one of the ways that we are able to do that is through our sense of taste and how things um, feel in our mouths and how they make us think, right? So if you are eating something that you really enjoy the taste of, that is more than okay. It is more than okay to lean into that taste hunger if you simply want to enjoy something because it's there. And maybe it's something that you haven't had in a really long time. A really awesome example of this is a client conversation that I had It was either earlier this week or last week. Sometimes things can kind of run together in my brain. But this client, she is a student, and she was talking about how one of her professors brought in bagels to one of their classes. And in that moment, she had had breakfast not that long ago, so she wasn't feeling super hungry. But the type of bagels that this professor brought in um, isn't something that she normally eats, not out of a diet rule, not out of restriction, but she just doesn't typically buy them for herself. So she thought to herself, wow, I haven't had one of those in forever. Having a bagel is fine. It's okay. It's allowed because she isn't allergic to bagels or any ingredient in them. So she allowed herself to have one. She really enjoyed the taste and she was able to move on having that satisfying and that pleasurable experience with food. So if you sometimes find yourself eating simply because you want the taste of food, 
Eating simply because maybe you're out somewhere. Uh, travel is also a really great example of this, right? Maybe you're out somewhere and you see a type of food that you don't have access to a lot or you don't normally get to enjoy. It is more than okay to give yourself that virtual permission slip to enjoy food simply because you like the taste of it. It is not bad. It is not something to shame. It's not something that you need to cut out of your life because if food was only meant to be fueled, If food was only meant to be enjoyed when we were hungry, then it wouldn't be nearly as fun, right? One analogy that I have for this that maybe I've talked about here on the podcast, I know I say this a lot with my clients, but saying that food is just fuel or food is just needed to satisfy our physiological hunger needs is a lot like saying that you look for a partner or you look for your significant other only for help with paying half of the rent and washing the dishes and doing the laundry. Now, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have help in all of those categories, but that is not the only reason why we search for a companion for our lives, right? I mean, I guess I can't speak for you, but I definitely speak for myself when I say relationships, friendships, however you want to spend this conversation are so much more than just a transactional type of experience. So taste hunger is one of those things you very well could be experiencing, and that's okay. How many times is Claire going to say that's okay throughout this podcast? I don't know. Maybe we can count. Maybe you can make it a drinking game if you're into that. Who's to say? The second type of hunger that I want to dive into, and I will preface this by saying this is going to be a shallow dive into this topic because this next type of hunger could be a multiple podcast series uh, in itself. So I am not going to dig too much into this because I want to do this justice when I do opt to talk about this on the podcast. But I feel like it is a really appropriate point to bring this up, and that is emotional hunger. So wherever you are right now, If you have ever experienced eating out of an emotion, whether that's a negative emotion, whether that's a happy emotion, like a celebration type of situation, whether that's an anxious emotion, I want you to just like nod your head, say, yes, Claire, I've done that. Of course I have because I'm human. I know you can't see me right now, but I am definitely nodding my head because I too am a human. Hate to break it to you, I'm definitely human, guys, but I have done this as well. So emotional hunger or eating to soothe an emotional need or eating to celebrate if it's more on the positive spectrum of emotion is so incredibly normal because having feelings or having emotions is a normal part of being a human. And we are taught to soothe, or we are soothed, I guess is a better way of saying that, through food, or we learn this emotional connection to food from a very early age. When you were younger and you got fussy, you cried, maybe your caretaker checked for a poopy diaper. I think that's a thing that you're supposed to do. Don't have kids myself, but I think that's something that you're meant to do. Or maybe... If you were fussy, they opted to give you a bottle or they opted to give you some type of food to see if the source of your crying was hunger or to see if food would maybe help you feel better in that moment. So if you're getting to your adult life and you are realizing that you turn to food in times of distress, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling fussy, can we, can we use that word when we're referring to adults? 
Anywho, you get what I'm saying. If you realize that this behavior has lingered into your adult life, nothing is wrong with you. You are not broken. This is not something that needs to be air quote fixed. It's just something we draw awareness towards and we validate. We say, hey, It's okay if I use food to cope with an emotion because if we think of all of the ways that you potentially could cope with emotion, again, whether it's negative or positive, food is pretty benign. Food is just food. Uh, You eat it, and as long as you're not allergic to it, it's not going to be a threat to your physical safety. It's not going to be a threat to all that much. So when we look at coping with food, it is more than okay if you find that this is a behavior you engage in. The thing that I just like to make sure of with my clients once we've had this conversation, once we've dug a little bit deeper into how this surfaces in their own life, I always like to make sure that this is not the only coping mechanism that they are using to deal with whatever situations they may be faced with. So that is really all I'm going to say about emotional eating. Again, that could be an entire series in and of itself. If you like that conversation and you would like me to do more on that, please reach out and let me know. I love hearing feedback from listeners because you are who I do this for. I don't sit here and talk for 45 minutes for myself. So if you find that topic to be really helpful, let me know. And also in our private Facebook community, I have done a couple of videos on this topic. So again, if you're not there, come join us for more information. So the next type of hunger that I want to talk about, the next two kind of go hand in hand because sometimes they can surface in the same or very similar situations. But I want to talk about polite hunger or polite eating. So this is a concept that was first brought to my attention in the intuitive eating book that was written again by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. So I did not come up with this name. I did not come up with taste hunger. All of these were brought to my attention at first. And you kind of know how it goes when you finally have the words to describe something that you have either done before or something that you observe in your life, you start seeing it more often. It's like when you learn a word for the first time, it's like everybody and their brother starts saying that word or so it seems that way. It's kind of funny how that works out. But when it comes to polite hunger or polite eating, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. So let's pretend you are at your grandparents' house. I'm going to use the grandparent example because this is where I have some personal experience. Maybe you can share in this, maybe you can't. Either is okay, but we'll use it as an example. So let's say you walk into your grandparents' house and one of the ways that they like to show love and care and affection, maybe you're already nodding your head if you're from the South like I am, But one of the ways they show that they care is through food. So let's say that you arrive to their house for an afternoon visit and maybe you had already eaten lunch and you weren't physiologically hungry, right? But you walk in and delicious grandma's cookies are sitting on the table. And she was so excited that you are coming to visit that she made them just for you. Maybe you moved a couple of hours away now and you don't get to see her all that often, but you loved her cookies growing up. So you walk in and maybe in this situation, 
you are being kind of polite by saying, sure, Grandma, I'll have a cookie, because maybe you don't want to hurt her feelings, or maybe it's kind of a little bit of taste hunger as well if you don't get to eat Grandma's cookies as often as you used to. So both of these, again, are totally okay, and it's totally fine in a social situation to accept food if you want to be polite or if you're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. However, I will also flip this conversation around and say you are also fully capable of politely denying that food if you genuinely do not want it in that moment. The thing that I like to remind my clients of is it's the intention that matters. So if your intention behind politely declining the food is out of a diet rule or a restriction or out of fear, then that might be something that warrants a little bit more digging and a little bit more thinking around. But if your reason for politely declining the food is simply because you really don't want that right now or you really don't enjoy the food that is being offered, you can most definitely say, no, thank you. I wouldn't care for any right now, but it's so sweet of you to think of me or it's so sweet of you to offer. I have never known to this day anyone in my life who is going to hold you down physically and force feed you food. Now, will some people be a little bit more forceful and saying, no, have some, I insist, Sure, because those people most definitely exist, but if you really do not want the food and the intention behind denying it is not to deprive yourself, there is nothing wrong with also declining because it is your plate, it is your business, and your relationship with food is yours and no one else's. So the other thing that I will add here when it comes to politely declining because I know that this can be awkward sometimes, especially if you don't know the person that well. I've had a couple of clients who work in corporate settings um, and they're newer to their jobs and they have potlucks and parties and they never want to get off on the bad foot with someone in a position of power, <laughs> their boss, um, someone above them. They never want to get off on the wrong foot by denying the food that is offered. So something that I will suggest if that is you or if you've ever been faced with those moments before, if you feel really uncomfortable saying flat out no or no thank you, I guess would be the more polite thing to say, you can always ask if it's okay for you to take some for later. So you could say something along the lines of, oh my goodness, that's so sweet of you to offer. I really wouldn't care for any right now, but they look really great. So would you mind if I took one and I wrapped it up for later? Again, I have never met anyone in my years of life who says, no, you can't take one for later. I don't want you to enjoy my delicious food, but hey, haven't met all the people out there. Maybe you'll run into that. But again, I think accepting or declining in these um, polite scenarios is going to be a pretty non-threatening experience, right? It's just food, guys. It's okay. So the other thing that I want to talk about here that, again, kind of goes with polite hunger is social hunger. So if you have ever been in a social situation, maybe you are going out to eat with friends who you haven't seen in a while, and maybe you finish your meal and 
dessert comes, right? Maybe it's your friend's birthday and the restaurant is comping dessert and it's on the house. <laughs> Lucky you, first of all, is what I have to say. But in that moment, it would be kind of a social experience to share in her birthday dessert or his birthday dessert. And again, it's totally okay for you to engage in eating or to choose to eat, even if you are full. Even if you are satisfied, there's nothing wrong with that. But also, kind of like I said, with polite hunger, there's also no shame if the intention behind you declining is that you genuinely don't want the food, or maybe you don't like it, or maybe you're allergic. There is nothing wrong with declining in social situations. The thing that I will just add here about social hunger kind of like a little red flag indicator, maybe something to look out for, is if you are noticing time after time that you deny going to social events or you deny social invitations or you feel a lot of anxiety around them because of uncertainty around food or beverage that might be there, that is definitely a place that warrants a little bit more curiosity, a little bit more questioning, and maybe would be where, if it's been going on for a while, you would want to seek out help, reach out to me, reach out to some other intuitive eating, health at every health at every size aligned dietitian to help you debunk that a little bit so that your social health isn't coming at the expense of everything else that you're trying to uphold, whether it's a diet culture rule or whatever that may be in your life. So, And the last thing that I want to talk about here, which I don't really have a fancy name for this, but when I did a talk similar to this in my free private Facebook community, one of my past clients actually left a really insightful comment mentioning that I may have left out a really important piece of this eating outside of hunger cues conversation. And I couldn't agree more with the comment that was made. And if that human is listening, I hope they will be happy that I'm adding this in because I agree it is a very important piece of this eating outside of hunger puzzle. So again, I don't have a specific name for this, but if you are recovering from an eating disorder, if you are recovering from just a very disordered pattern of eating, whether you've been diagnosed with an eating disorder or not, and maybe you aren't yet to a point where you can fully trust your hunger and fullness cues and how they are showing up, maybe because of years of restriction, maybe it's because you haven't been fueling your body enough so your hunger cues aren't showing up in full enough force to request the amount of nourishment that is needed for your body on the daily, this is a perfect example of how it is totally okay and most definitely necessary at this stage in your journey to eat outside of your hunger cues. What I'm talking about here, if you resonate with this, if you are currently in this experience, is when you have not been eating enough to, again, fuel and nourish your body in the way that it needs to be nourished, your cues are going to be depressed because your body has learned very quickly, oh my goodness, I have to conserve my resources to keep my vital organs functioning, right? to keep my heart beating, my my body breathing, my lungs working, my liver working. So sometimes your cues just don't show up like they used to because your body is really in conservation 
and survival mode. So to start getting out of this place to again transition to the goal eventually one day of eating intuitively, of eating intuitively and trusting those cues, you have to establish regularity and adequacy of your food intake. And often the way you do this is number one, with the help of a professional. So if this is really ringing a bell, please do not let this podcast be the only place that you get information on this topic because I really encourage you to reach out to a helping professional or a team of professionals who can help guide you throughout this process. But when you are establishing adequacy and regularity with your food intake, that might look like eating pretty darn regularly throughout the day having meals, having snacks that follow a plan, that follow a specific quota so that your health can be prioritized and you can work to get those cues back to a place where one day you will be able to trust them. They will show up normally and adequately for you, but the only way to get there is through food and enough of food and food that comes regularly throughout the day, not in sporadic, restrictive intervals. So again, if that resonates with you, if you are nodding your head thinking, yes, I need to be on that approach of establishing more adequacy with my intake and regularity with my intake, again, Please do not let this podcast be the only place where you are digging into that point in your journey. So my friends, that is all I have for you today. I hope you found this discussion to be helpful about how it is totally okay and totally normal to eat outside of your hunger and fullness cues and how that is all a part of having a happy and a healthy and an exciting and adventurous relationship with food. So if you have any questions on this topic, I really hope that you will reach out to me either on Instagram at Claire Tuning. And if you're not on social media, I will put my email out here as well if you'd like to contact me that way. And it's yours truly nutrition at gmail.com. Yours truly C-H-E-W-L-Y, nutrition at gmail.com. And if you are new to the podcast or if you are not new and you love this message, you love what we talk about here, but you have yet to leave a rating and a review, I really hope that you will be moved by the podcasting, the intuitive eating spirit to do so. Leaving ratings and reviews is really what helps to let this message grow and allow this podcast to reach more people who might benefit from hearing its message. So you can tap those stars, five of them preferably, if you love what we're talking about. If you have an extra moment, leave a review telling us what you love, telling us what you learn. And of course, you can always take a screenshot of this episode and upload it to whatever social media channel. Give me a tag so I can be sure that you are listening and learning. And until next week, my friends, thank you for being here. Yours truly, Claire.